0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hosting a get together this fall? A dinner party, maybe? Or even a game night? Well, don't do it without Drizzly, your go to app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door. It's basically the ultimate hosting hack, but don't tell that to the gamers. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D R I Z L Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Hello guys. What is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're keeping safe. Had a good start to the week. Spurs are trying to outclown Chelsea, aren't they? I've just seen today that uh, Christian Stellini has been sacked as interim head coach. I can't remember something like that happening, particularly at a club as big as, say, Spurs, where you get an interim and they just kind of sleepwalk to the end of the season and then you get the, your next permanent appointment the fact that you're interim and you get sacked as well says something about the collapse that embarrassing 6-1 defeat at Newcastle which was hilarious I mean it really was to to switch on the tv and actually I, I switched on about 25 minutes into the game and that's double take triple take that score line um pleasurable to watch and the fact that Spurs even though they are going to be ahead of Chelsea this season at least as Chelsea fans despite the misery of this campaign We've got things in recent memory to look back on and cherish. Uh, and I still think that Chelsea will be winning a trophy before Spurs do. So even though it's been a difficult season, the grass isn't always greener, and we're about to take one of their best recent head coaches, which is good as well. In today's show, the future of Mason Mount, contract talks, and why Maurizio Pochettino could be key in transforming Mount and giving him. A role he wants at Stanford Bridge. Then we're going to look at the key flaw of Chelsea. Why can't we score goals? There's a brilliant piece in The Athletic today from Liam Toomey, kind of delving into the stats around this. We'll talk about it a little bit more and why it's such a key thing that Pochettino or whoever does get this role is going to have to deal with and going to have to rectify it because it has reached an even lower ebb this e- season after recent years where you thought like Chelsea's attack couldn't get worse, but it has. And hopefully it will be getting better in the coming years. Before we get into that, please hit the subscribe button, please hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of the Chelsea content coming up on the channel. The Brentford game on Wednesday evening, let's hope for a positive result uh, at that game. And as well, if you are listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much for tuning in. Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min podcast network. We're going to start off with the big news this morning from David Ornstein uh, from The Athletic. In his column, talks between Mount and Todd Bowley were had over the midfielders' Chelsea future. Apparently, despite... Contract pro- proposals being turned down recently, the regard in which uh, Mount is held by his employees is not diminished. And on Friday, a direct conversation took place between co-owner Todd Bowley and the player, where his importance and desire to keep him around was reiterated. The dialogue has been interpreted inside Chelsea as a positive development, with what looked like being a foregone conclusion and Mount leaving shifting to a feeling that is not out of the question he stays. It is a huge decision for both parties as Chelsea's US-led ownership group continues to rebuild after its takeover last May and Mount ponders whether to remain at the club he joined age six. So we've been speaking about this a lot in recent months and firm position, I think you keep Mace and Mount. I think that's a no-brainer and I really do think that the ownership are in a, a dangerous place if they don't get this done. To see Mace go to a rival... And the fact that all of the clubs being linked with him, this shows you how highly Mason Mount is regarded despite a difficult season. The nonsense arguments I have heard for ditching Mason Mount based on a few months of bad form, it's been a bad season. He would admit that. There's no denying that. But that doesn't write off three seasons before. And the people trying to argue to me that Joao Felix, who hasn't been good enough for Chelsea, hasn't improved our attack radically somehow we should invest time in him over Mason Mount that logic doesn't add up it's not like Joao Felix has been banging in goals he's clearly been Chelsea's best player and then you keep him on that was always the thing I said about his loan he hasn't been doing that so that argument doesn't stack up and Mason Mount has proved in the last three seasons if you stack him up with a lot of Chelsea players he has been one of our highest value players there's just no two ways around it and I said this before, you just cannot write off players, particularly ones who, at times, are back to cover for others, have have times not played in their best position, and still a young player that's developing, that has a lot of quality, and just the fact that Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, even Newcastle coming into the equation, Man United, would all have Mason Mount, even Thomas Tuchel, I'm sure, would have Mason Mount at Bayern Munich. Says so much about how highly this player is valued, and you just need to look at the numbers, and you just need to look at what Mason Mount has done at Chelsea over recent years to understand why it is crucial that he signs that new contract, and so we do not let him go to a rival. I feel that Maurizio Pochettino actually could be key in keeping Mason Mount because one of the things I do feel, just you know, looking at reporting and looking at what Mount has said in recent years, I think a key part of this is not just about wages. I do think it's about the players' own personal development and where they feel they're going to be best served. That is a key part of it too. If Mace looks at the situation and says, I'm going to spend another two to three years at Chelsea playing as an inside forward, having to cover for other players' deficiencies, do I have the stomach for that anymore? I've done it for a few years, particularly under Tucker when we won the Champions League. That was a a great time for me personally. So it's not like he can't be impactful at that. But I want to play as a number eight. I know if I go to Man City, Pep Guardiola plays a 4-3-3 most of the time. I'm likely going to be played in that role. If I go to Liverpool, who are rebuilding their midfield, I'm likely going to play in that role. Eddie Howe plays a 4-3-3. Even though Eric Ten Hag at times can play a 4-2-3-1, I think he's more likely to play as a number eight. There's probably more scope elsewhere, and and particularly with Liverpool, Newcastle, Man City, more stable situations at those clubs. But Maurizio Pochettino, even though he has played a variety of formations, maybe would give him the role or at least a, a profile, even if it's not a number eight in a 4 three, 3 a profile that is best for Mount's game, that can take him back to his best level and maybe take him to a higher level and be more creative in this team. Expect to Chelsea an account i definitely suggest you go and follow. Sort of making a comparisons to Christian Eriksen and what Maurizio Pochettino did with Eriksen. At Spurs, he says that Pochettino and Mount are a combination made in heaven. There can be no doubts about this. Shades of Ericsson can participate in the build up and make the final pass high intensity over 90 minutes, which, of course, as we spoke about in yesterday's video regarding Poch, is a key thing. Great sense of timing, can execute repeatable actions, supremely durable. And then he sort of delves into the numbers here with Mount's two best seasons, which was 2020 21 and 21 22. Looking at their graphs on the screen now, in comparison, when you you match it up with Ericsson, his two good seasons under Maurizio Pochettino, 16-17 and 17-18. Not a wide variety of difference there. Um, And also he points out, and this is a very key point here, Mason Mount's touches were restricted as well. And this is, again, goes back to that kind of development thing of, of not being able to maybe express himself, maybe be someone who, at times, particularly under Thomas Tuchel and also in recent years, has been asked to kind of work for others and, and maybe not get on the ball and not be that creative player, not be that connector, which I think that Mason Mount is at his best. I feel that, and I, I've I've said this, you know, to people, you know, in recent weeks when sort of discussing Mason Mount, I, I do think that the, the next head coach is important because Mount will evaluate that and think to himself, is this the best place for me or can I go somewhere else and, and, and really take the next step on in his career because he's looked like an angry player this year mount one of the best things about mount is best a player with a smile on his face and that smile has gone this year and it's gone for a number of reasons for a a wide variety of reasons and a lot of players and listen Chelsea players should not be smiling on the pitch this season because not a lot of things have gone right but just that sense of, of expression in mount's game has been evaporated and it's about getting that back to a high level and i really do think that pochettino could maybe provide that for mason and an intense player off the ball too fits into what Pochettino wants from his players will get buy-in from Mason Mount and like a lot of Chelsea head coaches I could see very quickly if Mount stays he becomes a key part of his team because that's what Mason Mount does so let me know your feelings on maybe Mount being the next Ericsson for Pochettino uh, but also Mount's contract situation because I just think firmly Gotta get it done, and, and I think it'd be a win for the new ownership. I think it would be a real, real sour note for the new ownership who have a lot of criticism and a lot of doubters around them at the moment to let a talent like Mason Mount leave. Um, particularly if you're gonna go and spend 80 million on draft felix makes no sense to me. I think Mount's a more effective player and I and I think is a player worth investing in. Um, but then also just what Mount means, I think, to Chelsea supporters as well, it'd be a hard one to take. Let's move on now to the just the second thing I wanted to speak about today. Uh, Liam Toomey and a lot of data involved in this, the athletic piece um, today. Why can't Chelsea score goals? Which is a million dollar question. It goes into a lot of things. It's a long piece and there's a lot of great graphs. Um, one of those sort of pieces if you're really into reanalytics, analytics really into XG. Definitely suggest go and read it. Link in the description box below. He delves into it here. Chelsea are simply not shooting enough. That's kind of a key reason at the moment. They are averaging 12.4 attempts per 90 minutes in the Premier League this season down from 15.3 in the previous one. Eight teams in the division shoot more frequently than they do including Brighton and the rest of the traditional big six. There's also this graph that I just picked out here which is Chelsea's goals versus expected goals over time, this goes over the last four seasons, including this one. Ten-game rolling average of non-penalty goals above or below expected goals uh, since the nineteen twenty season. Uh, Lampard, all Potter, and Lampard again. Little bit there, not enough sort of sample size for for this season. Um, but it kind of shows you we, we were creating a high XG under Frank Lampard. It was one of the highest XG seasons we've had. Tuchel, it massively goes down. In the first sort of seven to eight months of Thomas Tuckle we were exceeding it. Some of that was down to Edward Mendy being a brilliant goalkeeper. Others was us being a little bit more clinical and having that kind of Transitional game to us that was effective, but that ran out over a period of time, and and the margins for error weren't that big, and it was unsustainable. And under Graham Potter, it was just a bit of a mess, to be honest. We weren't creating high volume slightly, and it is picked out on the piece that right near the end of Graham Potter's time, I'd say, if you exclude the Aston Villa game, and even actually adding the Aston Villa game because we did create some good opportunities in that game, we we're starting to get a little bit better in creating opportunities so there could be an argument to be made that maybe Potter could have turned it around obviously we will never know that now but the big thing for for and Pochettino is decluttering the squad firstly but then also in the market bringing in players that are going to suit Chelsea and how do you resolve this problem? I do think it is shooting a lot more. I mean, we have too many players in that final third, I'd say from a central midfield area, who aren't taking enough shots. And it's not just about like wildly taking shots from low quality distances that are always going to go over the bar, but you do watch other teams and at times they are taking those risks. They are taking those shots. You get a player like Kovacic who gets into those areas and so rarely takes the shot and has to pass it back and pass it back. And it's... it. it As a fan, it's unenjoyable to watch, but as a team, it makes us unproductive. And I think at times it creates a sense of predictability and a team knows that they're not going to have to face shots from distance. I was saying this about Kepa. I think opposition teams take shots from distance because they know that Kepa is fragile in that area. Why aren't we doing that more and and offering ourselves um, that ability at times if it isn't clicking in the final third and take the weight off of those front three or whoever it is to have players in the middle of the pitch who are going to take those shots, who are going to give you a goal threat a little bit more, and I do think that was something that Pochettino very much got is, is a variety of goals from different players. Of course, Harry Kane took up the ball because he has for the majority of his Spurs career, but the likes of Ali, the likes of Christian Eriksen would chip in, and I think it's just you, you need to solve it. It's just it's it, it's got so bad now that I think any sort of back to sort of last season's levels is going to look like an improvement, but. I do think also getting that balance right is key and it's something that we've been struggling with and also a profile centre-forward who is going to really click everything together because when you have that centre-forward who can hold up the ball, that is aggressive in the Premier League, you need to have a physical striker, you can deal with that and also deal with a limited amount of space, but also can press. You know, that was one of the things that Lukaku couldn't do and if you are going to have a lot of managers now asking their players to do a lot of the ball, which Pochettino naturally demands of his team, you need to find someone who's going to do that uh, and fit into what we're doing and, and hopefully add that end product and hopefully find goals from a wide area too. So it's a lot of things coming together, uh, but I'm sure Pochettino, that, that is one of the things that he, if he is the head coach, as I say, we, it's not confirmed yet, but if he's the one, he's going to have to try and fix that. And to be fair in his career... He has created productive attacks. I mean, he was gifted, of course, at PSG, but I think with with what he created at Spurs, sure, you could argue, again, gifted. But Southampton, I felt there, there were moments watching that Southampton team, particularly in the 13-14 season, where... They played some really good stuff. And I think some of the players, the likes of Adam Lallana, had a really productive season. Uh, Jay Rodriguez, going back quite a way now. But he he did create a good team at Southampton. He did as well. So I think this is a coach that has proven capable of, of creating a productive attack. It's just whether he can be the one to finally unlock that problem and solve that problem that, that has been the woe of Stamford Bridge for, for so long. So let me know your thoughts. And and kind of, again, cent- central attack, Striker, Who are you going for? Who do you think? I think Osserman is out of the question. I really do. I know that's a dream for a lot of people. I just can't see it happening without Champions League football. I know that isn't always excludes you. We, we've we signed pl- big players before, but I just think with the amount of money it will take. Harry Kane, I still think that's very unlikely, to be honest. Uh, him going from Spurs to Chelsea, I think it's unlikely, but I do think he'll be on the move. Um, and listen, we'd all love... Uh, I can't believe there's any Chelsea fan actually actually out there who would argue against Harry Kane. I know his age is one part of it, but I, Kane is just incredible in the Premier League. He is, and obviously that link with a head coach before. I know Chelsea, whoever we get, will try to find a way to, to make it not work. But I have my other options, but it's going to be really interesting to see who we target because we need to buy a centre forward. There's no way around it. We need to. And uh, to solve that, it is going to be one of the biggest challenges that Pochettino is going to face. So those are my thoughts on today's news. Let me know yours in the comments below. If you haven't checked out my video yesterday, why Poch for me is is kind of the right head coach for Chelsea. Please do go and watch it. A lot of you have already. Thanks for your support on the the show. You can follow me on Twitter at of Chelsea and I will see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.